On the day the world ends, a bee circles a clover. A fisherman mains a glimmering net, happy porpoises jump in the sea. By the rain spout, young sparrows are playing, and the snake is gold-skinned, as it should always be. On the day the world ends, women walk through the fields under their umbrellas. A drunkard grows sleepy at the edge of a lawn. Vegetable peddlers shout in the street and a yellow sailboat comes near the island. The voice of a violin laughs in the air and leads into a starry night. And those who expected lightning and thunder are disappointed. And those who expected signs and archangels, trumps, do not believe it is happening now. As long as the sun and the moon are above, as long as the bumblebee visits a rose, as long as rosy infants are born, no one believes it is happening now. Only a white-haired old man who would be a prophet. Yet is not a prophet, for he's much too busy. Repeats while he binds his tomatoes. There will be no other end of the world. There will be no other end of the world. Teslo Milos. Hmm. There will be no other end of the world. And that was the sonorous voice of... Kirsty Mack. And this is Jim McNeish here, and we're back on Zoom again because the world seems to be coming to an end again, and we're locked down. Um, which is why I'll hand over to Kirsty to uh, what do we, tell us what we're talking about today, Kirsty. It seems very fitting, Jim McNeish, that today we speak of the apocalypse. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Chills. I think let's start with the cheery subject of apocalypse um yeah. you know we've all seen it i saw uh, i very limited saw the news this morning because i thought i'm not even going to doom scroll um mm. but you know we started this year if we can remember the start of 2020 mm. we, we had the the fires in australia you know yes we, we started there i'm doing a, a video we're creating some content for a customer and um we watched a, a preview of 2020. <laughs> By the end, I just went, oh, has yeah. all of that happened in one year? Yeah. You know, it was unbelievable. You know, I it, it was just seeing one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And, yeah. you know, we look at the news. It's me, it's an, well, if you see it, it's an onslaught of bad news. It feels quite final in some of the narrative. It feels quite into the worldy and pervasive um, oh. you know I, I was talking to a friend of mine in portland about maybe two months ago or something i went from a walk and i thought oh i'll cheer myself up i'll chat to this guy gone well only to be told that he was in his house and the him and his family even in their house in portland were breathing smoke indoors the whole time because of the forest fires that ravaged the west coast of america and he said, we can't go downtown anymore because it's overtaken with riots and battles with um, FBI and various Antifa and various other kind of folks who were kind of campaigning and pushing against things. And a lot of downtown had had their windows smashed in and, and it, it was no longer safe to go downtown in a major city in America. And um, it's like that felt important. Yeah. And it's not, they're not just little pockets of conversations, are they? There's countless, there's like a domino effect. There's many. Sacramento and yeah, it's all all over the place. It's just kind of like it's yeah. very, very different. Yeah. And and I think, you know, that seems to be a narrative of 2020 as, as we come into the next perceived apocalypse. But there was I, I hadn't known this, you will have known this. Um 
but I was on a course with Liz Gilbert and um oh the beautiful Rob Bell. Thank you. Um and Rob was talking about the apocalypse. Um and I didn't know my soul knew this, but I, I cognitively I didn't know this. That um, you know, the Greek word means revealing. Yeah. You know, it's a a disclosure, a revelation of great knowledge. And I just, I, I can actually still feel the feelings of when I heard it. And I said, oh, but it is, this is an uncovering. These are, you know, everything that we are witnessing are, it, you know, it was, it was just revealing what was there. You know, it's nothing new, it's at large. It's, you know, as, as we are here, well, we're not on Zoom, but you know, as, as we wear masks, we are unmasking truths, societal norms, isms, phobias, unshackling our biases. It feels like a gigantor mirror has been arranged around the earth in some form, yes. reflecting back at us, just yeah. reflecting that which we've been ignoring. And that's a bit better news, isn't it? Like you have a different relationship to the word apocalypse now, mm. you know, because, you know, really most of us would associate it with either a biblical thing yeah um so i'm not going to try and expound kind of eschatology here and no, and uh, we've got the time because i just don't have the knowledge you know or the, or the insight or the intellect uh, to do it um so i'm not going to be tackling the four um horsemen of the apocalypse and um Okay. Although the war, conquest, famine, plague, and death are actually very present, um, <laughs> they, are, they are there for us. <laughs> but um, we tend to associate the apocalypse with this idea of annihilation, um, Armageddon, calamity, tragedy, carnage, carnage, decimation, um, and we associate it with um, the apocalypse with the, the um, uh, you know, the, the Jewish um, uh, apocalypse that occurred that have occurred you know there have been kind of elements mm. of it we talk about the the things that they face and so we don't want to trivialize that or kind of take away that meaning of it because it has represented something kind of huge but there is something of a relief to realize that in those evil and difficult situations that there was a revealing that the nazi party revealed itself that mm. the um the, the power that human beings have over the planet is revealing itself. You know, that, that it's, it, you know, the, the, it's coming to roost in a sense. And that idea that um, usually there's good news on the back of that. There's a fresh start. There's, a, there's something else that can get kind of born out of that that, um, that allows for a cleansing, a defeat. Um, a, a new thing because suddenly we can see what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's amazing, if, and I know that not as many movies are made this year because of the situation we're in. But you see the top ten in iTunes; <laughs> it's just <laughs> contagion, deep impact. Yeah. Twenty eight days later, you know, we <laughs> are actually just like you know, yeah. not that anything external to the doors that isn't enough. Let's get it in our eyes and our ears. Who does that? Like I, I, I'm actually like I'm having hives when I see that. I'm like I can't watch that just now. Who who tunes into that to it's add? Too true. Don't I, do it. 
as an yeah. insight. Maybe I someone like that I know has people. watched it. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Because I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, Actually, I haven't watched a zombie movie this year. Shut the front door. I was going no, to be all over. I, no, I love a zombie movie. You know me. Oh um, I love no, a zombie. But now can't don't don't have the appetite for it this year. Well, because that is that is going to be here. I mean, that's December. <laughs> December. <laughs> it would not shock me. Christy, I actually here's a confession. Uh-oh. See when I'm locking up the house tonight, I uh, and, and I'm doing it every night. I do imagine I'm, I'm barricading it against a zombie attack. Like in my mind, I'm playing a narrative. Like I and when like James, one of my consultants, and I always played it when I was on a plane and I was getting ready to take off. I imagined that like there was a zombie front kind of pushing into Terminal 5 and coming through the terminal. Would we be the last plane off the runway? And and then just as we were taking off, we'd see the first of them tumbling out and coming running, but then we'd get away again. That Like that, that was my life. You know, I I love zombies. I love that whole adventure thing. And I love, you know. (laughs) Let's be careful, people. A little bit. We've had the four horsemen. They finished in July. (laughs) (laughs) There's no need for a zombie apocalypse happening. Please don't. Um, But I think it kind of, if you think of movies, they do sort of mirror our neurosis. I'm not, I'm not even going to go there with the zombie situation. Yeah, they certainly do. In and of itself. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the 80s and the 90s, it was all about nuclear war. Now it's all yeah. about robots and AI affecting our lives. And, um, you know, we, we would say that Hollywood is often said to be American society writ large. And they do mirror what is happening and we're doing it even more. And and there, there are different types. If you look at you know, what would be your types of, of apocalypse, you've got mm. plagues, we've got your friends, the zombies, we've got of nuclear course. monsters. Aliens, robots uprising, technology fails, the slow societal apocalypse, a.k.a. 2020. Perhaps that is it. Mm. Perhaps it is that. Just diminution of culture. And a lot of what we loved that wasn't evil, but it held something. It held a privilege. It held a division. It held a a thing in space. And and, um, it's kind of coming tumbling down. And... Um, maybe that's not bad. Maybe that's all right. M- maybe, I guess, when I was thinking about us chatting about this, I was wondering, are we more ready today to embrace our own collective shadow than any other generation has been? You know, we've sat with Carl Jung and, and Freud and psychotherapy now for three or four generations. And it's getting into the fabric of perhaps our conversations and perhaps there is less shame in our admission of our failings because it's popularized on television, it's trolled on social media. Um, Is there something in that? Is that that a darker side of, of what's actually a very good thing, which is, are we now ready to hear what's going on? Like some some really good white people were willing to listen to the Black Lives Matter folks and actually listen to say, 
I maybe do value my privilege a bit too much. And I maybe have been a little bit lackluster in considering the impact that has on other people's lives. And I'm asking, I guess I'm wondering is, is there a level of consciousness coming now where um, there's a generation or there's a group of people who can handle the apocalypse, who can handle the revealing and actually maybe do something with it? It feels like that. I, I don't know, does, is that my hope talking? Um, it does feel like that, that there is, uh, I kind of see, I suppose this is a movie reference, I'm not sure which movie, of the, but it feels like pockets of the earth are opening up, you know, mm. and just, and, and consciousness is changing. I'm talking, even just hearing you talk about consciousness, even the last week, the amount of conversations been having about consciousness changing, um, it's been a big stop. Maybe this does afford us the knowledge to survive, to recognise our shadow, to tune into the collective shadow. Um, and, you know, we're here to learn. Maybe this so. is part of it. This is part of being human. This is all, it's all part of it. I, I, um, I got quite a bit of feedback this week. There's a new video I've put up on emotional overwhelm um, mm. on the library. And um, I was getting a, a lot of feedback from people who are on the library saying they just really needed it. They just really needed it. It's a seven minute piece and they were just like, it was cathartic, it was needed. First of all, these people are admitting that they're less than beings of pure light who are finding it, you know, dead easy and sailing above it all. Um, and second of all, that shadow work, that emotional overwhelm work, that trauma work, people are now starting to just work with it, embrace it, rather than thinking they're mentally ill or that they're lesser than anybody else. It's like, no, this is the work. This is the work that we, um, we no longer project our own shadow into the world. We no longer project our own, um, what we've just achieved. We, we need to start thinking a little bit about a future and a future life and how do we start to create a congruent self, a, a joined up self that's actually equipped for a longer existence. I think part of the reveal here is the short-termism we were all living in, the quick fix. Mm. And actually, I think mm. what we're now seeing is um, a, a deepening commitment to potentially something longer term in our planet and in our own lives. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think I thought that, you know, if we use the word apocalypse, I think I expected more lava. <laughs> Certainly more zombies. Without questions. Surfing yeah. the lava. And I didn't expect it on a Zoom call or a Google Hangout. And I'm even you know, thinking about that for myself. Do I really know? It's a part of me that just said, I think I do. Do I really know the depth of what we could learn here? Do I really know the depth of the unlearning and the societal fabric that's changing. Can we really look up and say, I know there's no lava, I know there's no zombies, but this is huge. Yeah. This is an unmasking of so many things that yes, it feels scary and yes, it feels uncomfortable, but oh my goodness. There's something lurking in all of this. 
there's there's so many things lurking in all of this and there are as you say there's so many light workers that are there but we have everything we need in this moment everything that we need in this moment to grow to to expand consciousness to transcend to we have so much information just now i am I think one of the things, just as you're saying that, that's provoked in me is what's got revealed in me in this has been my own independence. You know, that that I get to be independent because, I, you know, I, we're making the business work and we're doing all those things, but um, do I want that in the future? You know, like when you're talking about, you know, what's there, it's like, there's resources around, and some of the resources that are around me are the human resources, the people who would want to join, who would want to connect. And that's happening. That's happening with the community. It's happening with the uh, the people who just want to um, think about doing something together. Um, I think we're creating more a more resourceful way of being in the world by joining up. But I think we're also giving, because some of that short-termism is disappearing as well, we're giving the people who are natural thinkers and reflectors time and space to actually really think great thoughts about what this new world needs to look like. They're actually being able to kind of do a little bit of kind of think and research background. Um, I think one of the things about COVID is it's shown us how long science takes. You know, you don't get the really smart people in a room around a table, you fix something and then it kind of comes out the next week. Um, we've waited uh, a year for a vaccine. And even now it's still got tests and various things to go through. And, and I think how often in the business world and in the leadership world did we expect to sit and have a half hour meeting to resolve really complex organizational, cultural, uh, human differential, um, market-based issues and then we come up with a three-point plan and a flip chart go off and activate and wonder why we're spinning our wheels or mm. wonder why we're creating collateral damage it's like th there's a metaphor of what's happening with the vaccine there's a metaphor of what's happening with COVID where we're having to give ourselves real time to sit and think and connect to each other in that thinking and I think that's is to allow ourselves to when we're thinking we're paying attention so if we can pay attention to what has been unmasked, to what, what is revealed. You know, that could be personally, could be in relationships, could be your team, could be your project, could be your organisation. You know, I, I spent time with a, a group just last week and it was, you know, what is a shine and a light on? We, yeah. I, I had loads of things prepared. <laughs> we just talked about that, you know? I was like, here's yeah. all my pre-cooked stuff that we will not talk about. Um right unfolding unfolding oh my goodness that here's the bright spots here's that let's focus on that let's keep with innovation so it's like paying attention yeah take and time then on the, attention and on the back of that if you are paying attention what's now disturbing you yeah. what are you what are you resistant to yes what are you saying <laughs> i don't want that in there i don't want that revealed i guess in another way of saying it bringing it back to that apocalyptic sense is what are you still trying to hide? What is it you don't want known? And I'm not after people's personal privacy here. It's like, of course, you get to have your own little things that you're working through, but at least notice that. And at least notice what that then does to relationships and does to conversations 
and notice it and, and keep noticing and noticing what you can do if you still think, hey, that's private or that's me or that's for my me and my marriage just to know about and great. But then notice the collateral impact. Yeah. You know, and, and what are you resistant to showing and, and, and what are you still wanting to keep covered up and hidden? Do the work, right? <laughs> Whatever uh, the work is, whatever label you want to give it. We will obviously say shadow a million times. Um, <laughs> I'm with shadow man. Uh, inner child, journaling, do the work, do the work. Yeah. And, and then, as you say, gather, get people together. Uh, I love the book, uh, uh, Rituals by uh, Caesar de Cool, because um, he's got a great name. Um, yes. And he, was, he talks about the 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 old social fabrics are freeing mm -hmm. and we can focus on the apocalyptic nature of that and we can focus on the freeing but let's gather some beautiful wonderful amazing people together and knit some new ones yes invent yeah invent Pima Chodron says something very similar to that doesn't she she says um the whole globe is shook up mm -hmm. so what are you going to do when things are falling apart you're either going to become more fundamentalist and try to hold things together, or you're going to forsake the old ambitions and goals and live life as an experiment, making it up as you go. Um, it, it is that, how do you get a group of people together who are prepared to, I, you know, for me, it's almost like my um, apocalyptic task force. So, uh, to come back to trivia for a minute, when I, I, I the, one of the worst things that ever happened was internet on a plane for me because <clears throat> I thought, well, that's an unassailable position from a zombie point of view. So if I am the one on a plane and I have internet control, surely I should be in charge of the response. And so the people who enable this um, mental illness in me, um, they, uh, they join in with me. And I made my claim for leadership and talked about, you know, tapping magazines to your arm and stuff mm -hmm. as a defense mm -hmm. against others. And I should really be kind of the, the control bar up here. But the, the serious application of that metaphor is, who's your ap apocalyptic community? Mm. You know, that gathering, it's like, um, are they contributory? Are they responsible? Um, are they educating themselves? Are they communicative? Are, is it restorative? Are you building something for in the reveal? It's a bunch of people who can handle the reveal and who can handle the truth. And 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 I think I think as as and it doesn't even require people to be very, very worthy or very, very honest all the time. It's like everybody has their stuff. I really want to make that strong that none of us are really much better than the others. We're all kind of the same. But there is a thing that for me that's a distinction, which is those people who are drawn to the truth, the revealing, and those people who aren't. And there's something, there's an old Scottish saying, which is the truth will I stand by itself. And it's like the truth will come anyway. The reveal will happen anyway. If we're misbehaving and treating the world badly, the apocalypse will occur. It's good news in a sense. Yeah. And there will be a reveal. So are you putting the people and gathering the people around you who are okay with the reveal? Or are you going to put people around you who want to join in with the collusion and the hidden and the secret privilege and the withholding? 
are you going to do that or are you going to build the community that really really is ready for the truth i saw um a quote by i think it was in a richard Rohr book and um, by rumi which is reach your long hand out to another door beyond where you go on the street the street where everyone says how are you and no one says who aren't you mm. oh oh I... and yeah it's, it is about gathering people together taking some time out you know what are we five six weeks to the end of the year you know we've pivoted pirouetted played <laughs> through 2020 <laughs> but you know what time think about as leaders what time can you give to reflection what time can you give to gathering and understanding have you got the right apocalyptic apocalyptic task force with you to move into 2021 yeah. um take some time out to reflect to gather those insights to think about what we have learned because oh my have we learned so much yeah. um you know even personally i'm taking time out. i've created some time over the last few weeks and then going forward and my journaling's changed a little bit i always say you meet yourself on the page when you journal um yes and and just making that clarity for myself i'm clearer about my role my role in the world i'm clearer about my relationships i'm clearer about I, I, I sort of focus on Danielle Laporte's core desired feelings you know I would focus on for me my feelings going into next year about unity so collaboration and bringing people together about strength and that strength in my mind so making sure I'm standing guard to it and feeling strong in my body mm. about joy because why not um, and about grace and having the grace to move through this and to work with people through this and I've changed those throughout the year, but those feel solid to me and they feel, um, it allows me to have a, a deeper appreciation of my relationships, to have a deeper, I don't know, just a, more of an open heart, more of an open heart. What, what did you go through to kind of get to that space? Was there any, was there any difficult or obstacle piece during that as you, started to kind of almost look at yourself and notice yourself. Was there any sense of, oh, yikes, I, I probably need to take care of that or I need to watch out for these things? I have, oh, yikes moments on a daily basis, Jim. <laughs> like, oh, yikes, in capital letters, 72 font underlined. Um, I help yeah. my bob moment, yeah. <laughs> help my bob. Um, <laughs> subtitles are available at the end of this podcast. Um, yeah, journaling looking at myself, noticing more of my, uh, those irritations and knowing, you know, feeling it in my skin and noticing this, that skin feeling rather than sort of brushing it off per se. Um, journaling into the irritation, understanding it, doing loads of medicine walks. Um, I've been stiller this year, which mm -hmm. feels weird because there feels like a snow globe of madness around but genuinely as I think about it right now I've been stiller because I haven't yeah. traveled as much you know we're used to being in a gazillion flights and that has afforded two things it's afforded a more groundedness for me and also more shadow work yeah yeah you know is, is really confronting the golem that has been following me around throughout and I think that has allowed me to focus on 
many different elements of self and there's still a you know there's well, there's always work to do right there's yeah. always work to do and I think there's more of a a preparedness to do the work and to continue the work and to ritualize the work yeah excellent listening to you there I think one of the things I'm noticing when I'm dealing with clients just now more than ever is something that I would maybe call the king lie like a, a deep lie that's in them that that's running the show and it, it didn't start off as a lie it started off as a defensive position to kind of keep them safe but it they it soon gathered a lot of moss and um and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and it got more intricated into a whole bunch of different parts of their lives um and started to kind of form a fabric and and to tackle it would mean for a lot of things to crumble away and i'm learning as a coach, how to be really patient with it. You know, usually there's a revelation of it in one of our conversations, which is that that you're saying isn't true, certainly not in every instance. And once they kind of get that, then we notice all the way through further coaching where it's still part of the fabric and shadow and echo of their behavior and some of the things that they do. And it takes time to just let it kind of wear away. Um, and I guess I'm avoiding an apocalypse for them. I'm, I'm avoiding the kind of the meltdown for them. But I think that kind of, for me, summarizes the notion of apocalypse, which is when there's no longer an ability to just gently and slowly take our time. It's like there's a reveal on the king lie. There's a reveal on the deep, deep untruth that's driving things or the unfairness or the disparity. There's a massive reveal. And at that point, um, you have to, you can no longer go fundamentally into the world. You have to start experimenting. You have to start finding new structures that work. Because we weren't in the world. <laughs> we were surfing it, you know, we weren't in it. We weren't swimming in it. We weren't experiencing it. And I think that's the big reveal for me. And as all of these things dismantle and, and shift and change, and yeah, that's, you know, it's scary. But it, it it can help us to th see all of those things that were there, the big lies, the things that were there before. Um, I just, I just ache. I ache for um, for us all to learn that and to unlearn it, and you know, be each other's medicine. And I think we're we're seeing a new language for meaning making and community emerging. And, and I think there's go to the go to the or think on there or find find the community you go to grow into the person you want to be spend more time there you know and, and see what has been revealed through that and and always be insistent be insistent about how you show up um yeah and, and then apocalypse or not i think we'll grow through it <laughs> the world begins at a kitchen table no matter what, we must eat to live. The gifts of earth are brought and prepared, set on the table. So it has been since creation and it will go on. We chase chickens or dogs away from it. Babies teeth at the corners, they scrape their knees under it. It is here that children are given instructions on what it means to be human. We make men at it, we make women. At this table, we gossip, recall enemies and the ghosts of lovers. Our dreams drink coffee with us as they put their arms around our children. They laugh with us at our poor, falling down selves 
and as we put ourselves back together once again at the table. This table has been a house in the rain, an umbrella in the sun. Wars have begun and ended at this table. It is a place to hide in the shadow of terror, a place to celebrate the terrible victory. We have given birth on this table and have prepared our parents for burial here. At this table, we sing with joy, with sorrow. We pray of suffering and remorse. We give thanks. Perhaps the world will end at the kitchen table while we are laughing and crying, eating of the last sweet bite. Joy Harjo.